Welcome to Ask a Broker, episode 16. I'm your host, Scott Peckford. This is a show where Dustin Woodhouse and I answer your mortgage brokering questions. With your questions on how to build or grow your mortgage business, this is the show for you. Here's how it works. Go to askabroker.ca, record a question, and if we answer it on the show, we'll send you an ILMB t-shirt courtesy of Lendesk. Today on the show, I actually talked to Dustin about his new book, Be the Better Broker, Volume 2. This is the second book and has a plan to do four. And we talk about this new book, some of the things that he's excited about, and how you can actually get a free copy of episode three. Before we get started, I want to thank today's sponsor. Ask a Broker is sponsored by Lendesk. Lendesk is a mortgage technology company based out of Vancouver that has built an origination platform specifically for Canadian brokers. Lendesk removes the headache of assembling an application with your client. Think of it as the ultimate CRM and deal management tool. They're pre-launch, but I'm helping them to refine the platform. I'm going to tell you, it looks awesome. If you'd like to get early access to Lendesk with me, sign up at lendesk.com to stay in the loop. As for the cost, let's just say it's going to be an easy decision. This is going to be a game changer. Hey, Dustin, welcome to the show. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Good. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to, you just came out with your second book in your four books, I guess, that you're looking at doing on mortgage brokering. And I'm just going to ask you about this new book. And so, yeah, let's roll into it. So tell me, when did it come out and what's the difference between the first book and the second? Uh, well, it was uh, just hit Amazon.com. Uh, so, so paperback is available uh, on Amazon.com uh, as of, I think it was September 10th, September 8th or 9th it hit. It's available in, via Kindle on both .com and Amazon.ca. But getting paperbacks actually printed out of the U.S., shipped up into Canada and stocked in the Canadian Amazon warehouse is going to be about a three to four week process. So get ordering a paperback in Canada is you know not going to happen until early October and uh, and the audiobook uh, files have been sent to the uh the professional company that I hire to do that and uh their narrator uh, Sean Pratt phenomenal guy he's narrated a ton of books I I've really enjoyed over the years uh he's hoping to have it all wrapped up by mid to late October so it's rolling out bit by bit and uh and then volume three is going to be about four weeks behind this whole process so hopefully by uh early october it'll be a, the first amazon.com uh, units will be available so what was in this book that you sort of felt you did the first one which was sort of the introduction to brokering and is this for you and kind of getting started so what where does this one where does this one go well uh, yeah, so exactly. I mean, the first book really was asking the question, should you even be a broker? And uh, the fact that as many brokers who've been in the business for you know years and years, in some cases, got value out of that book uh, kind of surprised me because I really have been trying to write this in a graduated process. So the first one was kind of, you know, you're not even in the business, you're thinking about the business Here's kind of, you know, a, a bit of a pullback on the curtain and see what's behind the curtain in the business. And uh, and so volume two is, okay, you, you know, were crazy enough after reading that first book. You still wanted to go ahead and become a broker. So now you are a broker, but it's early days. It's sort of, you know, targeting days one through 100. And so it's a number of foundational steps and uh, sort of things you should do, things you shouldn't do. And, uh, and, and the right ways to do the things you should do based on, you know, conversations, literally hundreds of conversations I've had with, uh, dozens of top producing brokers and, 
and dozens of brokers who came in, struggled for a year or two, maybe three, and are out of the business. So, you know, it was really an amassing of, of a lot of that data of what people are glad they did in those first days and what people wish they hadn't done. So it's still sort of that graduation where the the third book actually is really the nuts and bolts of a file. So from ring, ring, what's your best rate to file complete. And then the fourth book is probably the book that a lot of people are itching to have the material on. And it's the one I've been itching to write and it's really level up. So, you know, that book is really going to be targeted at brokers who've been in the business for three, five, 10 years. They've been sitting at five, 15, 25 million a year steadily, and they want to take that next step, but it just hasn't happened. So that's sort of the series in a nutshell. And so in this last book, in the most recent book, the, sec- the second one, what was the most challenging part for you to write or to finish rather? You know, the biggest challenge is recognizing that for a brand new broker reading that book, they need to close a file this week. Like they've got bills to pay, they've got you know payments due, they need to generate income right away. And then balancing that between the fact, you know, because it is a fact for the overwhelming majority of brokers that you're really not gonna come into your own and likely replace your previous income until your third year. You've gotta really take the high road a lot of times early on. There's a lot of file situations that you can't jump in and turn into a commission for yourself, but you can give great advice. And that's a building block for a renewal, a refinance, a purchase transaction, one, two, three, four years down the road. I actually just completed a purchase transaction with a client uh, September 2016, who I had my first conversations with a few months before I became a broker, nine years nine years to complete the first transaction with that gentleman. So how did you stay in touch with that person or how did they not forget about you? How did you stay on the radar, I guess? Well, that fellow, uh, there was a much longer preface to volume one that involved him. And he was really the catalyst for my becoming a broker, for my making the decision. So he waited nine years to make sure you knew what you're doing before he would use you. Yeah, you could could probably say that. Exactly. So, you know what? I followed up with him. I'd run into him around the neighborhood every year or two. But I followed up with him when I was writing the book because, hey, I mean, what a great way to say, hey, you know, by the way, I never told you this, but you you are one of the main catalysts for why I got into this business. And um, and so I wrote, you know, a pretty heartfelt intro, which in the end became more about me than it was about new brokers. And so I I decided I'd, I'd toss it, but not before he proofread it for me and approved it. And and so that was a pretty good connection a couple of years ago that I made with him. But uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah, it was more just that, you know, staying in touch. And when those different opportunities came up, I mean, he. He's a bit of a car guy and he loves a certain type of car. And so a few times, you know, I'm a bit of a car guy too. I'd see one of those types of cars come into my orbit for sale or something. I'd, I'd send him the details and say, Hey, by the way, you know, I don't know if you're looking for a new one, but you know, just the little things like Mm -hmm. that. Right. So what about in the book was the, what was the funnest part of this book? Are you most excited for people to dive into? You know, I wrote that book, uh, I, I basically wrote volume two and volume three at the same time, 
you know, the whole thing is, is kind of exciting in a way. But I mean, what I really get a lot of satisfaction out of are the, the emails, which, you know, the book's only been out for four or five days. I've already got two or three, three emails now from people who are partway into it saying, you know, this is just what I needed to read at just the right time. You know, like, that's what I really enjoy from the whole process, frankly. I mean, you, then you must be getting rich from selling books too, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Massive, massive income. Yeah. <laughs> we do, we, I know I wrote time. a book before and man, there was like, unless you're John Grisham, there really is no money in writing books. It's other opportunities that spin off from it. But yeah, I mean, I think it would blow a lot of people away. Like, you know, you, you spend anywhere from 10 to $15,000 to get a book put together properly, edited properly. This book's been through three proofreaders, three independent copy editor proofreaders. I've proofread it, and I found a typo in the preface the other night. Like, how does that slip through, right? Like, you know, so there's a massive amount of hours. I would say probably between 300 and 500 hours somewhere. I actually stopped tracking it because I didn't, I just didn't want to know that go into each book and, and 10 to $15,000 in production costs into each book. And then, yeah, I watched the sales tick along, but Hey, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pull the curtain back on that. I, I'm watching an average of, you know, two to three copies a day of volume one a year later is, is basically what the average has been. There were some bulk sales. So overall we sold about 3000 copies, but you know, volume two is maybe going to be 1500 or 2000 copies. And so it's $7 a book net profit. And people are looking at that 29.95 us dollar price going, you must be making more than that. Well, I'm not, I mean, you, you cap out around 10, $11 a book if you're lucky. So yeah, it's, it's not about the money. As I say, it's really about those reviews. I mean, thank you so much to the people who do write a review on Amazon. That's huge. And, uh, and, and those, those emails that come my way from people who really got value from it, you know, that's what I enjoy more than anything out of this whole thing. So like I was going to say, I don't, I don't think you'd find any writer that says, I love writing. And I was so excited about the writing process. I think most writers are excited about having the finished product. Yeah, that's awesome. And so when does this get, so book two is out now and people can get on amazon.com, amazon.ca soon. What's, when is book three going to be available? Ideally early October. That's what I'm pushing for. So second, second week of October is kind of what we're hoping to, to see it hit by without any snags. And then what about book four? Uh, well, you know what, but the gap between volume one and volume two is almost exactly one year. And uh, as much as I'd like to say, I'll hammer out volume four in three months or six months. Honestly, it's probably going to take another year. I mean, I, I write mortgages Monday to Friday. I don't even look at the book project. So the book project only gets addressed on Saturdays and Sundays. And... I mean, I, I've usually gone to every single mountain bike race that my son does every season for the last four seasons, the past year and a little bit of the year before when I was writing the first book. I mean, I'm basically sitting at home 12, 14 hours on a Saturday, another 12, 14, 15 hours on a Sunday writing. And I'm missing those weekends. And I don't know that I want to do that for another year. 
I, I don't know that that's <laughs> how I want to spend every single weekend of every summer, uh, you know, year after year. So volume four, it's easily a year away. Okay. Yeah. You're, it's okay. You can take a little break. You know, it's, uh, you can take your foot off the gas. I know I have joked before that you're a cyborg. I know you're not really a cyborg. <laughs> you just, you just play one on TV. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, there you go. So that's awesome. And then, so the ebook. So can you get it in e format or just in pay, like print right now? Well, as I say, Kindle's available in Canada on dot, Amazon.ca and .com. So it is available in Kindle format either way. And I wrote a little post, and you know what? For the listeners uh, who who want to take advantage as well, if you're one of two people to catch the same typo, so I'm not going to do this for you know, a hundred people who all catch the same typo. But if you, if you're one of the first two that catch a typo in there, fire me an email with the details on the typo, the page number, the sentence and your address. And I'll mail you a copy of the next book as soon as it comes out. A little bit of motivation to try and get some uh, crowdsourcing of copy editing here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My book went through several edits and then I still found stuff afterwards that I was like, Oh, how did we miss that? But it's a, uh... It's amazing. It's like your eyes don't see it, even though it's right in front of you. And this is the double-edged sword of print on demand. So, I mean, I could print 2,000 copies and they'd probably cost three bucks a book, but I'm not doing that, not at least for a couple months. I'm just using the print on demand, which is painful because it's more like $9 a book. But what that allows us to do is when we, as we catch those errors, we can upload a fresh draft. So anybody who downloads the Kindle version, anybody who orders a paperback copy after that next draft is uploaded, they're getting the refined one. Like book one is actually on its sixth version right now. So it's a, it's quite a bit of a different book. I made some edits, took out some, you know, flowery language I put in there for no good reason and used, you know, simple, basic words and, uh, and just, you know, tweaked a few little things and, and caught the typos. Right. That's awesome. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll put links to the, your new book in the show notes to this. And so anything else that you'd want to say about the book or what if somebody's considering writing a book, what advice would you give them? I, I love writing and, uh, and that's what it's gotta be. I mean, it's the same thing I say with anything that you're going to do in life. I mean, don't do it for the money, do it because you love it. I mean, it's the same with brokering, right? I mean, just because you see a Porsche in your neighbor's driveway and he's a broker doesn't mean you should become a broker because you're going to get a Porsche too, right? I mean, you got to love working with people. You got to love complex, changing regulatory environments, you know, rules changing on the fly. Like you've got to be interested in being in a dynamic environment. You know, I say dynamic, a lot of people say frustrating as hell. You know, that that's what you've got to love. And so it's perception, the it's perception though. It, exactly. It's how you look at it. And, uh, you know, it's the same with writing. I mean, you got to recognize that there's 11,000 new business books that hit every year, that the average sales are 250 copies in a year. That's it for, for you know, the majority of those 11,000 books that come out. So, you know, you're writing it for you more than anything, mm -hmm. right? I mean, like you've got to love the process of writing. And frankly, you know, here's the last bit I'll leave you with, uh, Scott. A 2006 study of New Year's Eve resolutions found that 4% of people who said they were going to do X actually did X. If you wrote it down 
44% of people achieve the resolutions when they wrote the resolutions down. So, you know, we talk about that in the, in the terms of goals, right? Write your goals down. You're that much more likely to actually achieve them. And that's, that's real. I mean, there is something that happens in your subconscious and your consciousness when you write something down. Well, arguably, I could say that writing these books has been the, you know, arguably the best thing I've ever done for my business. Because sitting down and writing out your processes to send out there to the world forces you to refine your processes. Because there's some things I would write down, I would look at it and I'd say, I can't put that out there. That's really a flawed process. I need to fix that. And so it forced me to fix it. And uh, so it's, it's probably been actually really great for my business in the long run, just writing those books because you're writing your processes. You know, I, I've said the same thing in the past to people. I've said, put together a 30 minute PowerPoint presentation on how you, you know, go through the document signing on how you take an initial meeting with a client and pretend you're going to get up and give that presentation to 200 people, 300 people. You'll change how you do, how you work that process. Mm -hmm. If, if you write that process down, you'll see the flaws in it that you don't recognize when you're on the fly. Right. I did, uh, when I, I did a course on sort of my whole sales process, but for first time buyers, and it was the same thing. I took, sat down and recorded it all. And it really made me think about how would I communicate this so someone else could copy it. And it's the same idea. It, it makes you tightens up your process. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. So, so I'm I'm deriving personal benefit in my business from writing the books. I mean, it's an awfully crazy exercise to go through just to try and improve your processes. So that that isn't just it. I mean, as I've said, I I enjoy the writing process as well. Right. Awesome. Well, hey, Dustin, thanks, man. And anybody who's listening to this, check out the book. His first one. I haven't read the second one yet, but I'm going to. The first one was awesome, and I'm sure this one's going to be equally awesome. Thanks so much, Scott. I really appreciate it.